welcome to another episode of Game Over, the premier video game show hosted by two brothers and nobody else. We don't need anybody else. Only on 11.5, only live on one. I gotta switch up my little uh, shtick. Only on 11.5 FM, as well as umfm.com and Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcast that isn't Spotify. Still working on that. Don't have a spiel for that this time. <laughs> it's frustrating working on it. We're, we're going to give it a shot. I am your host, Simon Pazdor, my faithful squad mate, Adam Pazdor, in the studio. Matt Manier hopefully will be joining us, but he's actually trying to smuggle brand muffins over the border. Apparently, there's some sort of dietary problem going on, and he's going to try and fix it with bran muffins. But, you know, as always, we wish him all the best, and hopefully might even hear from him soon, if his mission is a success. Okay, so, we uh, we were off last week. It wasn't our... We were off on air, I should yes. say, last week. It wasn't our choice. We wanted to give the good people of UMFM everything that we could. Uh, but there was a power outage here, and the power only came back on at 6 and we're on from 5 to 5.30, yeah. so of course that wasn't going to happen. But we are back with you from 5 to 5.30 today, but we don't want you to feel like you missed out on a quality hour or half hour of programming. It was an hour in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We had uh, taken the extra half hour from the TV Tuckers people, but uh, we don't want you to feel like you missed out on a quality hour of Game Over programming. So if you go to your podcasting site of whatever you're choosing is, you will find an hour, a special hour, recorded at home, in the home studio of Game Over with our early impressions of Fire Emblem Three Houses. We're here to give you our middle impressions yes. of Fire Emblem Three Houses because, yes, we're still talking about that. I don't care if you're a butthurt uh, Super Smash Bros. fan or whoever you are. Uh, this is a game that's going to change the game. It's already selling like hotcakes. It's going to, you know, they just released a trailer today, actually Nintendo did, where they just basically flashed all the insanely high review scores on the screen. Yeah. This is a great game. And uh, if you're sleeping on it because you think, I mean, I don't like Fire Emblem. This is a, you'll, pretty much everyone will find something here. Yeah. It's like the people who weren't into Persona and then Persona 5 came out. Yeah. And apparently that changed well, Suddenly a they're lines. into Persona. I mean, it's, I, this is a very difficult comparison to make. Okay, so I'm not saying this game is as good as Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but I think it's similar in that I think it's got very, very wide appeal. So Breath of the Wild changed things up in a in a Big crazy way. way. Yeah. Yeah, like even I think in, in more professional video game diagnostic settings, like in universities and stuff like that, they can probably study Breath of the Wild and wonder how the hell do they do that, <laughs> you yes. know? So we're going to take – this is the basically the game franchise that created the formula. And now they're going to break the formula. In the first 30 minutes, you're going to get every tool you're going to get for the remaining 200 hours <laughs> if you want to play it. Yeah. That is wild. Um, Breath of the Wild, in fact. This isn't quite that extreme, and I don't think it's quite as polished a game, but it's in the same vein. Yeah. So it's like if, to use their own tiers, if Breath of the Wild is like an S tier, this is like an A or an A+. Like, I don't think it's, it's that far off. And it really changes things up in a very good way. But for the most part, I'm totally okay with it. I mean, I'm going to say something controversial. I think it's better. Whoa. Better than Breath of the Wild? Better than Breath of the Wild. Because Breath of the Wild had one, had the one thing that just stuck out that was terrible. Fire Emblem doesn't have that. What's the one? Weapon degradation. Oh, yeah. Fire Emblem does not have that bugbear just sitting on its shoulder. It does have one thing, which I know it's not a huge thing for you, but 
I would like the graphics sharpened up just a little bit. Okay, yeah, I'll grant you that. It's not. It it could be prettier. I know that. I know that people say, well, it's, you know, play the game for the graphics, yeah. but like, I mean, it looks pretty good on your small screen. But if you throw it up on a TV, and they're just like, mm, hmm, some of it could just use just a, a just a little sharper. Yeah. Whereas Breath of the Wild looked incredible. So. Yeah, I'll give you that. Breath of yeah. the Wild looked prettier, but. Yeah. Game, from, from a gameplay perspective, there were points where I got bored of Breath of the Wild. That has not happened. <laughs> not so far. Not so far. So we will be discussing. There's a. I mean, again, I saw someone on the Reddit page get angry because they were. They, because someone talked about the time skip. So, and then they're like, you need to throw a spoiler tag in there. And it's like, no, no, no. The time skip is not. Anything that they revealed at E3, for God's sakes, is not a spoiler. Yeah. So we're basically going to be talking up to, and apparently, actually, Matt is going to be ready to call us like right away. So that's oh, fantastic. That's um, but uh, anything up into the time stick is pre- pretty much what we're going to be talking about. We won't be talking about specifics because, again, there's three, maybe even more, who knows, roots in this game. Three clearly defined roots, at least. Yeah. And they're all different. So... It, even if you've gotten to the time skip in your playthrough of the Black Eagles, that doesn't mean the same thing happened in my playthrough. Yeah. The broad strokes are going to be very similar. I think the way you get your hair color changed, for example, yes. is pretty similar. Spoiler alert, you get your hair color changed. <laughs> That's also revealed <laughs> in the E3 trailer. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of the context and stuff around that might be a little bit different. That being said, there is one thing I want to address on air. And uh, we're not going to have a huge discussion because we don't want to get political on the show. But I did post a, a very interesting graphic, like a picture graphic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to our Facebook page, Game Over UMFM. By the way, go out and like us on Facebook and you can check it out. Um, but particularly with the news coming from the South these days, I know that video games causing violence has been a hot button issue again. But I'm also quite pleased to see the fact that it's trending now that uh, video games in fact do not cause violence yeah it's I think I think the actual tweet that's trending is uh, don't blame video games not video games fault whatever it is you can find that on Twitter I posted on our Facebook page too but it's like <laughs> okay it's been a beat we have to keep doing this I hate that this has become our part of our normal routine but yes so I actually I think we might have Matt here. Hey Matt, are you there? Hey, yes I am. Perfect. Well, that was easy. <laughs> so yeah, we were just I was uh, I was biding time for you by talking about a very depressing topic. Of course, you know I'm I'm not going to tell anybody how to how to feel, but once again, there's been if you're worried or if you're I mean for all I know like we're all I I hesitate to say adults, <laughs> but technically <laughs> adults. But if you're listening to this program and you're a younger listener and maybe you're feeling pressure from your parents or somebody else who's just like mm, look at all these things it's like no they enjoy your hobby there's there's no, nothing's ever been shown nothing's ever been proved people like what they like and unfortunately some monsters tend to like the same things that we do but yeah. that doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel bad for enjoying what you do in conclusion adam do you have like a one sentence blurb uh no but i have a little story on the same vein oh boy um, how well, depressing is this story? One to five. It's not depressing. Okay. Um, back when I was on Twitter, uh, I still technically have a Twitter handle, but I don't check it. Uh, but back when I was on Twitter, there was, I have a far, far left friend. I'll say it that way. 
I, I consider myself politically pretty left of center, but she is way gone. Mm. Um, she retreated this thing. And I don't remember the exact words of it because this was like at least half a decade ago, if not more. Uh, but she retweeted a thing that someone else had said, which basically, and it was talking about, it wasn't talking about a, a violent shooting in America. I think it was talking like a serial killer or something. And it was effectively, or it might have been uh, part of the Me Too movement, something like that. And it was effectively saying, you know, uh, it was just a broad call to men. How do you feel that you share a gender with this jerk? Mm-hmm. And that, it, was, it wasn't in those words, but that was the effect of yeah. the thing of it. And my, I responded to her and I basically said, don't feel anything at all. Next question. Yeah. And she got so mad. <laughs> um, but that's basically it. It's like, I don't, don't feel bad for things that you didn't do. Mm-hmm. Just because you are, you are like, you share qualities with someone who has done something horrible or you like the same things as someone who has done something horrible does not have any association with you. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of along the lines that we say it as a joke of is like, hey, guys, everyone who has ever or everyone who has ever died breathe there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you, could, you could do it like that. Matt, I know you're in a slightly different situation because of uh, your occupation. So do you have a little, uh, do you have any thoughts on this before you move on to something later? No, yeah, I, I agree with Adam. It's like just because, yeah, you share a single quality with some like terrible person sheds absolutely no light on who you are or what you're going to do. It's it's a stupid thing every time it comes up. Yeah, it's just a God. It's a shame that it comes up so often. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is like just especially in America, they need something to blame. And they're not going to blame the things that are actually the problem. Yeah. So video games are a convenient target. It yeah. is a convenient target. It's unfortunate. I was I was about to say, I honestly almost caught myself saying, now let's move into something more lighthearted, three houses. But I think you can agree. <laughs> because <laughs> in the last week, I think, when we did our uh, podcast, I was a little over halfway. I had gotten the time skip and then a smidge more. Yeah. And now I know, Matt, you haven't quite hit the time skip, but you've hit the hair change. So that's yeah. that's how we're going to describe these these moments. <laughs> and Adam, you've just hit the time I've skip. I've just hit the time. So we'll kind of discuss up until the hair change. I think that's probably the easiest sure. way, but also just more mechanically, not necessarily story wise. Or if you're going to use story, Peyton broad strokes, because I think the broad stroke is this is kind of a depressing game. A little bit. Like everyone, I I'm playing as the Golden Deers now. I would take a bullet for anyone in the Blue Lion's house. <laughs> I love them all to death, and I'm, the, the thing I'm doing is working as hard as I can to recruit all of them so I can have them in my party again. Um, but the thing that is most striking about this game is they had the opportunity, probably, to make it sort of a lighthearted school you know, thing, and there might be some like drama going in the background. But pretty much everyone that you talk to is broken. They tell you very early on. Um, your father, Gerald, tells you, trust nobody. Yeah. And that seems to be entirely accurate. Yeah, very good advice. And, uh, like, listening to it now, having finished the game, and now playing a different playthrough, even the opening cinematic, I'm like, that doesn't line up with what you say 40 hours later. Yeah. You know? So there's already some lying and some subterfuge going on, like, in the earliest moments. And it's really gotten me to appreciate that opening scene where the Divine Zeros butchers Nemesis. I'm like, there's a reason that that's what you open the game with. Yes. Because that's uh-huh. your tone. It's not happy. That's where you're at. But Matt, I know you haven't had a chance to talk about this game yet. What are your thoughts in the first half? Oh, man, I'm loving this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, think I, messaged, I think I said to you earlier on, on like Monday, 
I feel like going to like going to work during the day is a waste of time because this is what I need to be focusing on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, man, I I like think about it all the time. I miss it when I'm not playing it. Man, it I am like a hundred percent into this. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally get what you mean. Like I'm, especially me and maybe it's a bad habit, maybe it's a part of the reason I have trouble, or at least I've thought, maybe it's part of the reason I have trouble focusing on things that I should be focusing on. Because when I'm playing pretty much any game ever, there's the game, but there's Netflix in the background, there's the phone in the hand, there's there's this, there's that. I'm carrying on a conversation with Adam or with my girlfriend or with somebody else in the background. You know, the game, excuse me, that I should be focusing on is getting maybe like 40% of my attention. Yeah. This game, for the first, like, 50 hours, got the full 100 constantly. <laughs> like, I told you a little anecdote last week, Adam, of how I lost my phone. It fell behind the couch. I didn't find it for six hours, and it was covered in dust. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because I called you in that six hours. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I was like, sorry. I should have had, like, an automatic reply, like, when you go on vacation to your mailbox. <laughs> sorry. Gone to Fodland. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you... Uh, First of all, I mean, do you guys have a top three characters so far? And not just in your house, but uh, Matt, do you have a top three characters? Like students? Or, you know what, not students, because there's plenty of other faculty members. Has anyone yeah. jumped out of you? For faculty, actually not particularly. I don't find any of them have been jumped out of me so far. Um, from my house so far, um, Edelgard and Bernadetta are definitely my top two favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's probably three or four people I could throw in at a tie for number three. Um but I'm I'm really enjoying all of the students so far. Uh, like even even the students that um, I don't like, it's I don't like them because they're uninteresting and they're boring. I like them because they have an unlikable character. Yeah. So they're even like like they're well done. It's like well, this guy's a jerk. I don't like him. It's like well yeah, but you're supposed to be a jerk. Like it's it's a good thing that I have this strong negative reaction towards you. That's intentional. Yeah. Um, I have yet to find an uninteresting character out of the like what like 24 available students yeah um so yeah i'd say very strong across the board but yeah edelgard and bernadette i think are the standouts for me so far yeah i find that in the writing what they really are are quite good at is like they they sort of mapped out the characters and they gave them like one primary character trait so they could be summed up at the beginning like I'll come up with an example from my uh, from the well, not my former class I guess the Blue Lions Sylvain they call him a skirt chaser and yeah. it's like that is his definition yeah. and then it's like yeah. that never stops being what he's about but they find really excellent ways to put layers on top of that yes mm-hmm. so that like it's not that they ever lose that one sentence review of them but there is a lot of depth there Adam what's your first few favorites I, ta- uh, I agree with Bernadetta I like mm-hmm. I like her a lot. Uh, especially yeah. once you find out why she's the way she is. Uh, I've seen people online, particularly um, people who have anxiety disorders, are really pleased with the way that Bernadette is written. Yeah, she is. Because I think the thing I like most about the way that she's characterized like that is that she doesn't get better. Mm. Like, everybody on... I mean, all the support conversations, obviously, are usually positive. So everyone is, you know trying to put up with her and and deal with her in their own little way and they're all trying to be encouraging and it sort of doesn't matter like she gets a little bit better mm-hmm. but she has moments but yeah but she's yeah. not better uh and i, I kind of like that because it sort of like shoots the you know the healing power of friendship trope in the in the foot it's like no this person is fundamentally damaged and needs therapy yeah. not you know 
friends. And yeah. they pretty much I all are. Yep. The support conversations between Dorothea and Bernadetta are some of the like sweetest, kindest things I've seen in a game probably ever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, she's on my top three. Petra. I love Petra. Yeah. Yeah, Petra's uh, good. She's on my top three. And, oh, that's a good question. Who else do I really... I'm, I'm trying to just... I'm trying to think of the people I went out... You know what? This is... Actually, this is a good example. I really like Annette, just because I really like her personality, even though I recruited her knowing full well I was never going to use her, because I didn't have a spot. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's tough when you have, like... I feel like there's far more melee classes than there are magic classes. So it's yeah. like... I mean, the the class system, I think, is is pretty good in general, but I it's like, okay, I have... I like these characters who happen to be good at magic, but really the, it's just white magic and dark magic. And yeah. that tree sort of climbs all the way up the class system. And it's like, well, yeah. I guess I'm going to have nine bishops now yeah. because that's really all I can do with you. Yeah. Which is a little bit of a shame because they they got really creative in, in uh, Fates. Yeah. For all the Fates I mean, wrong. There's the one other... The, at the, there's an advanced class that mixes swords and magic, and that's it. That's yeah. your only other option. Well, that's the master class. Yeah. So, it, like, it's by the time you get oh, to sorry, the end, class, you right. have a, a couple options, but for the most part, not really. Now, uh, <laughs> it's funny. While I was on air, I got a text from my friend Taylor, who is also playing Fire Emblem, and it keeps updating me. She just, <laughs> she just said, Edelgard, why? <laughs> Which I assume you guys could, uh, could appreciate. Yep. The, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'll just say, without wishing to spoil, I didn't ask that question. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I'd really love, and at some point, once you guys have finished, we're going to sit down and we'll have like a spoiler conversation. Because I think, like we were talking to Neil of uh, the wonderful show Prick Up Your Ears, who was on air before. And he promised to be listening, so shout out to Neil. But he was asking, like, which route do you go down? And I really do feel that the, the story of the game goes down the Black Eagles and the Blue Lions. So... Those two will tell you the story, the broad strokes, a plot of the game. Yeah. But I think that, and and I'll get you guys' opinion on this too, the B and C plots are really, really interesting. Like the, who are you? No one seems to know what's going on. Who are these mysterious characters that are roaming around the, like, the uh, faculty members? Like, Flane and Sedith. Yeah. Who the heck are these people? They don't seem to know. Everyone seems to be shrouded in secrecy. Who is Rhea, really? Really? What's going on with her? How long has she been around? Why can't yeah. we see her ears? These are all the questions. <laughs> Rule one of Fire Emblem. If they have green hair, don't trust them. <laughs> why do you have a green-haired person in your... It reminded me... In your head. Why do you... I should finish that sentence. It reminds me of uh, Stranger Than Fiction, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she, she has to be a separate identity because they basically said little did he know, you know? Yeah, that kind exactly. of thing. There's so many questions deep down i do want to give a shout out while we're talking about character arcs the i mean again might technically be the slightest tiny spoiler but i don't think it is if you use your brain if you've seen the e3 trailer you know that dimitri's life doesn't go super smoothly because all of a sudden he's missing an eye and he's saying to kill every last one of them and i thought that dimitri's arc the whole thing was handled masterfully it was one of, particularly when there's been so many times when it's like you have a good character and then you have them descend into darkness, like yeah. in uh, <clears throat> Game of Thrones. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to cough there. Uh-huh. Uh, it's handled terribly. But I was like, yeah, this is how to do it. Because I, I was like, okay. And I imagine, like, Edelgard clearly has a dark 
darkness inside yes. of her. So I <laughs> imagine that's probably handled with similar tact because she does seem to be at the top of a lot of people's favorite character list. She, yeah, that's. I guess that's true. I mean, with she doesn't really have a descent so much as a reveal. I'll phrase it that way. Because um, yeah. from the very beginning... You look at her and you're going, because some of the way she talks about when she's going to be emperor, and I'm going, I've heard that sort of speech before in Fire Emblem. <clears throat> I, I usually end up having to hit that guy with an axe. Yep, I know the reveal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the things I really like is that they, there's a, they drop a lot of hints. So I've come to a lot of conclusions, but I've had very few of them actually reinforced for me. Yeah. But one of my favorite things in games is when a character says something. I hate it when your character comes to a realization that you came to hours ago. That always bugs me. Yeah. But I love it when other characters do. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, so we're going to veer very mildly into very early game spoilers briefly here. Mm-hmm. But there is a point at which somebody appears to come back from the dead. Um, not a character you know, mm-hmm. but a character who went missing prior to the events of the game, and they appear to come back from the dead, and then they do a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that someone else that you thought you knew also did a bad thing. Yeah. And I, in my head, put the connection together of, oh, given now what I've been told about these two characters, where they were both missing for a period of time, Yeah. in my head I went, oh, They've been replaced by imposters. Yeah. But of course, your character doesn't make any conclusions. But finally, Sedith essentially says, hmm, they both went away for a long period of time. Yeah. Maybe they weren't the real ones. And I went, just someone has figured this out. A lot of the monastery stuff, and I really want your opinion on the monastery, Matt, but a lot of the monastery stuff in the, in the individual quests in between things sort of feels like kind of a good game of Clue in that you're not necessarily going to... Like, there's no aha moment at the end of it. It's not like, you have a month to solve this. Get going yeah. on it now. But a lot of it feels like I'm going around collecting information. No one really knows the full picture. So I'm trying to see it through the blinds, you know, that yeah. type of thing. See what I can figure mm-hmm. out. But I'm really enjoying how they sort of see to that. Matt, how are you finding the monastery stuff? I really like them. I definitely agree with the clue kind of thing. You know, each quest is sort of, um, you know, getting little bits of information. It's not like the, uh, the sort of World of Warcraft style quest where it's like, Go here, get this clue. 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 Oh, Eureka! Here's the thing, right? It's it's very much sort of like piecing things together over a much longer period of time, um, and so it gets, sort of gives you the time to figure things out for yourself. Um, but the monastery overall, I love uh, the. I've found very few games where I've actively wanted to avoid using the map and just learn my way around. Um, and like, even if I've run out of points and stuff to do, just wandering around and like running, seeing who I run into and like interacting with my students and stuff like that is actually one of my favorite parts of the game so far. Um, you know, you don't, you can't have big long conversations with all of them, but like even just the little like initial things that they say, uh, and you know, like like gifts or lost items or any of that stuff. I really enjoy just walking around and interacting with the people. It's been a really good time, um, in the monastery. There's a surprising amount of stuff to do. Um, at first, you know, you see it's like choir practice, fishing, the tournaments, whatever. There's like a handful of things. So I was sort of wishing they had more, but they managed to make it so lively. Uh, you like never really run out of stuff to do. Yeah. Yep. I do want to throw this at you, Matt, particularly because we share a, a, a unique passion 
Do you get Mass Effect vibes from this game? Take it off on the bingo card. <laughs> uh, a little bit. See, I, um, it's the running around, do a mission, and then run around, talk to everybody, right? That's yeah. what I yeah. was like. This is where have I gotten this itch scratch before? Because I love this. It's like, oh yeah, Mass mm. that's yeah. exactly what they do. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Entirely the, different setting, but yeah, yeah I, I do get that a little bit. And I, I almost think, and I'll get back to what you were saying in a second, Adam, I almost think that they do it better in Three Houses, because you couldn't fast travel around the Normandy if you really wanted to as quickly. It's like, oh man, I missed somebody in the Traveling corner. around the Normandy was painfully slow. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're always trying to sprint, a, but a, you can't. Put a spring in your step, Shepard. Come on. Yeah, come on. Move it here, bud. But, like, that's fine. You can see where everyone is on the map. You can actually press X and, like, see specifically where that exact person is on the map. You can travel to them. And such a small feature, but so wonderful, they have a little text bubble if they have something new to say. Yeah. It's How many times oh, did yeah, really Garris like talk about those modifi- or uh, what sort of book? calibrations? Yeah. It was a joke. <laughs> There's no calibrations here. Yeah. You know if someone's got something new to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. It's and with so many characters, it's such a little thing, but it actually helps a lot. Because with so many characters, if like I try to go around and speak to most people whenever I'm exploring, and so you know when you're going through having conversations with thirty people, you're going to forget who you've already talked to. Yeah. Sometimes, so having that actually helps a lot. Yeah. Also, Matt, um, how do you like the gatekeeper? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't really pick up on him on my own. Um, I haven't talked to him all that much. Um, <sighs> Because first, I would talk to like every single person, but I, I started to find that most of the um, sort of like guard or like a marketplace NPCs weren't that interesting to talk to, so I started to stop talking to them. Um, and so I actually didn't really ever talk to the gatekeeper uh, until I heard about him from the internet. So I've only actually talked to him a couple times, so I'm not super well-versed on the gatekeeper. Yet. Well, he will reward you. Actually, it's funny. This is the second time we've disagreed, because I thought the music was pretty good. But also, I thought that the guards have more than your average npc to say like oftentimes they'll have some rumors they'll have some theories or have have yeah. like it, it's not always groundbreaking but mm-hmm. i thought that but it's something the npcs actually seem to have a little more world awareness than your average world npc sorry adam what were you saying a couple minutes ago well just that since we're running out of time i want to share with the internet something or the listeners something that i found on the internet that i told you about and blew your mind with oh yeah sure go for it so and i don't know if matt knows this but one of the things you pick up as you're wandering around the um, monastery are lost items. And you give these, basically, and they, they all have a little sort of one-sentence description and a bit of a clue as to who they belong to. And some of the clues are specific and some of them are pretty vague. Um, and basically, you give them back to the person and you, you increase their motivation or you make, and you make them like you a little more. So they, they're, it behooves you to do this. But if you get to the point... That I got to where I'm just like, okay, I don't know the characters from the other houses well enough to guess who this is. You could just go and stab at everybody, but they ha- Fire Emblem has included a brilliant little system in how to get around that. The lost item you find belongs to the character who was standing there last month. Every time. Which means Bernadetta is the easiest one. <laughs> yes. She's almost always at the same If you place. see something next to her room, chances are it's, it's the logs of Bernadetta. Yeah. Yeah. Those are quite clever. And I actually thought that the... It's not like a super adult game, but I actually thought that 
the the uh, the characters are a little more mature than I kind of expected. Like if you play Crom, Crom's an adult grown ass man, but he still has some very infantile opinions on a lot of stuff. You know, he's just like, we're just gonna save everybody. Yeah. Don't care. Good guys win, bad guys lose, and as always, England prevails. You know, that's basically Crom. <laughs> Whereas a lot of these characters have like a real awareness of the fact like i'm about to enter adulthood like a lot of them are kind of preoccupied with the fact that they're probably either gonna have to marry somebody or get married off they have these sort of adult worries and i I thought that was such a brilliant thing it's like in a university setting or a boarding school setting i suppose is where it is you know they should be worried about the transition to adulthood they should be literally young adults i thought the actual characters worries well we haven't even talked about the the battle system or anything for god's sake and we're out of time but the actual character's worries are great yeah matt yeah i agree i uh since i can see i all right rather i don't see tiago out there who's coming in for oh no he is out there there. there. matt do you have a a one sentence review of the battle system because i know adam and i talked about it yeah um i enjoy some of the simplifications that have been made i think it it uh it's it's been smoothed out a little bit overall. Great. Uh, I I really don't have very many complaints at all about it. I like the changes to magic quite a bit, actually. Agreed. Um, yeah, but I I definitely like it um, more than the last couple. I think they've made some solid improvements. Totally agreed. So stay tuned to our Facebook page. We're going to be updating you there. We are on SoundCloud as well. There, I got to find the link and post on Facebook. Stay tuned to our podcasting apps where you can find us. We're going to see. Excuse me, if we can get all three of us. Into a longer form review, probably once Matt has gotten a little bit farther and had that time skip, we'll review everything up until a time skip. The review will be on the podcast. But in the meantime, I hope everyone out there has a great week. Stay tuned for TV Talkers. Keep playing Fire Emblem, and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>